Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome into the Ball Blast podcast. I am your host, Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I am lucky enough to be joined with our very own injury expert here at Ball Blast Football, Matthew Betts. You can follow him on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. Betts, how is it going today? It's going well, Kate. I think overall, this is probably the healthiest week we've had in quite some time. So there's not a ton to talk about from week 13, which to me is a good thing. And that makes me uh, really happy because I feel like every week when we come on the show, it's just all, all the bad news that you can imagine. Um, but week 13, relatively a clean injury week. But we're going to talk today a lot about playoff implications as far as injuries, guys that might be coming back. When will they come back? Are they going to be effective? That kind of thing. So I'm excited about the show today. I love it. Uh, There's a lot of valuable information here, people. Please take notes. But again, uh, be sure to follow Matt on Twitter at TheFantasyPT. He tweets uh, pretty much consistent Uh, consistently just getting all of this injury advice out. Uh, If you see a like a live injury in the game, usually Betts is one of the first people lined up to break it down, uh, look at the film and tell us what he saw. So definitely give him a follow. He's one of the best. Uh, Should we just dive in here, Betts? Let's do it. All right. Tell me about the most concerning injury uh, in your perspective from week 13. Who should be who should we be worried about? Yeah, the, the most obvious answer is, uh, is going to be Antonio Gibson. He left, obviously, Monday Night Football against your Steelers with that left toe injury. And, you know, he was kind of seen on the sideline getting his toe taped by the training staff. And he was kind of testing the toe to kind of see if he could get back in the game. Clearly didn't return. They listed him as doubtful, but he never came back in. And so while it looked like there was maybe a chance he could come back, I have really, really concerning thoughts about seeing Antonio Gibson this week. I almost think it's virtually a lock that he's not out there for the first round of the fantasy playoffs if you made it through. And I have concerns potentially about week 15, maybe week 16. I mean, look, these turf toe injuries, they're just so tricky for skill position players to get back from. Depending on the severity, he'll probably have some MRI tests today on Tuesday to further evaluate what's going on. But if that is what's what the injury is, which it looked like on, on the, the tape, that's what it was, then, you know, expecting him to be 100% by the end of this season is pretty unrealistic. So we'll have to see what the MRI tells us. But I think for week 14 specifically, people should be planning to be without Antonio Gibson. Uh, If you're in a PPR league and you have, uh, let's say, $50 left of your fab, are you dropping all 50 of that on J.D. McKissick? It probably depends on what your options are. Like, if you need a running back and you don't have anyone else to start, then yeah, sure, go for it. Um, Saw 10 targets, 10 targets targets. in that outing against the Steelers. Yeah, he also uh, played, I think it was like 70% of the snaps over Peyton Barber. Now, a lot of that was game script, right? Like, they were down a lot in the second half to the Steelers and came back and won, obviously, which was crazy. But um, it's really game script dependent as far as J.D. McKissick. But we've seen it in the past where he has these blow-up spots where – Alex Smith just checks it down left and right, and it works for fantasy for PPR. So, yeah, if you need a running back and he, like the, the waiver wire is pretty shaky out there, which usually it is for running backs, uh, I wouldn't blame anyone for doing that. 
All right. I absolutely love that. I'm actually going to be making that move in a few of my fantasy leagues where I'm a little short at running back. They're not going to be uh, fun points to watch, uh, you know, come in because, you know, he's probably going to catch like 10 balls for like six yards. But I, you know what? PPR, you got to play to the rules. I like the pick. Uh, how about Frank Gore? He left this outing with a concussion. Ty Johnson came in, looked really good, uh, looked fantastic. Um, I'm not really sure what is Frank Gore's concussion history. Should we be concerned that he'll be out more than a week? No, he is a relatively clean bill of health as far as his concussion history. So I do think we potentially could see Frank Gore this week. But, you know, the, the reality is these concussions are no two are the same. So just because one player gets back in a week, one player gets back in two weeks, like it's just a day-to-day type of situation. So we can't really speak to it. We'll kind of have to see what he does in practice this week uh, for the Jets. But if he doesn't go, yeah, Ty Johnson could get the work. I don't know about you. I'm not, I'm not rushing out to add Ty Johnson this week. Like if I have a few bucks of fab left, I need a running back, sure, but, I mean, it's the Jets. (laughs) So I'm not super excited about it, to be honest. Ty Johnson or J.D. McKissick? Oh, J.D. McKissick, 10 out of 10 times. Okay, perfect. That's what I figured, but I have to ask the injury guy. Uh, Let's uh, head on south down to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, LaVisca Chenault labeled day-to-day with a thumb injury. Um, X-rays are clean, apparently, but... uh, or is that going to affect, you know, his ability to catch a ball? It's the thumb is sort of important to that that mechanism, no? <laughs> Just a little bit. It's a little bit important for that. Yeah, he kind of fell on his left hand and based off the video it kind of looked like his thumb kind of got jammed to the side, which we've seen in the past with a couple other uh, players this year. It's basically a common skiing accident because when you fall in your skiing, kind of brace yourself with your hand and the thumb kind of gets jammed outward. Stresses the ligaments on the thumb. By all accounts, this looks like a relatively minor type of injury. I do think we see him play this week. But depending on how it's feeling, kind of how the week goes, maybe we see him with it taped up or with a brace on there, which, depending on the player, could affect his uh, ball security, maybe grip strength, that kind of thing. So we'll just have to see what the severity looks like as the week goes on. But ultimately, right now, the sense I get is that he will be available for Week 14. Uh, If he is actually available, I, I know LaVisca Chenault is not a guy that you've necessarily relied on for your fantasy football playoffs, but uh, is he a play that you would actually think is going to be involved as a receiver based on this injury, or is or should we be concerned that perhaps he's more of a decoy play? Yeah, I'm not sure that the, the injury really changes that a ton. I just think in as far as his usage this year, it's just been so unpredictable. And when DJ Chark is back in the lineup, you know, it's not like a crazy target share, but he's still dominating the targets for this team. LaVisca Chenault last week, his stat line looks good because he caught that fluky touchdown pass, which like hit a defender in the shoulder and just ricocheted him <laughs> in the end zone wide open. But outside of I that, love I mean, those saw... plays, by the way. I love those freak <laughs> touchdowns. Those are so fun to watch. Yeah, so crazy. Um, you know, he's, he saw three targets last week. So Mike Lennon's a quarterback. You're seeing a handful of targets, maybe five at most. Like, it's hard to really get excited about that, especially in the first round of your fantasy playoffs. All right, perfect. Next up, we've got Ito Smith with a concussion uh, labeled week to week. Now, on his own, Ito Smith is not not necessarily breaking news, but we do have Todd Gurley, who's been uh, consistently on the injury report. He's been sitting out of practices. He was out uh, for week 12. Um, He's clearly uh, dealing with, uh, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily like just knee management with his uh, known arthritis or, or what he's really dealing with acutely in that knee. Um, but he hasn't been, uh, you know, on the field for his full 
allotment of snaps, uh, at least in the last two games, played uh, 23 snaps in week 11, 22 snaps in week 13. That accumulates to just a, a uh, let's see, average share of 35% of offensive snaps that Todd Gurley is on the field. There's work to be had in this offense. That sort of narrows down the playing field for us, right? So if it's not Edo Smith, should we be expecting a nice uh, carry count from Brian Hill potentially in the fantasy football playoffs? Potentially. I mean, right now the sense that I get with Edo Smith is that it's sort of a wait and see. He does have a history of a concussion before, so you just kind of have to see what happens this week, but that is a little bit of a concern. But to me, the real concern is Todd Gurley. I mean, what can you say about the situation, right? Like, even when he's been out on the field and he's been active, you can say what you want about his fantasy box score, but he does not look good. He's just scoring touchdowns. So, I mean, I love that. Obviously, for fantasy, that's great. But <laughs> you look at his efficiency metrics and the way he's carrying the football, it's just not, not great. And now you add in the injury on top of it, I think, you know, Todd Gurley managers should be hitting the panic button at this point because, yeah, 22 snaps or, or whatever you said it was from last week, like that's a major red flag in a game where, you know, they basically were in a neutral script and they could have run him if they wanted to. It just isn't looking good. So, yeah, for Todd Gurley, I, I'm not expecting much this week. And so if Ito Smith does sit, it looks like Brian Hill is going to be the guy this week again. Now, the last time Brian Hill was the guy, <laughs> he just fell on his face. And, like, to me, this just feels like the Michael Michael Scott gif of, like, you know how when he looks at the camera, he says, no question about it, I'm ready to get hurt again? Like, yeah. that's what it feels like <laughs> for Brian Hill. So uh, if he's out there on waivers and you need an emergency start, look for him this week potentially. But I just can't trust Brian Hill in my lineups based off how much he's burned us in the past. I, that That is actually the perfect gift. Honestly, for most of fantasy football, uh, for most start-sit decisions, I'm ready to get hurt again. Uh, that's what we have to do with on a week-to-week basis. Um, how about let's let me ask you another question: um, Ty Johnson or Brian Hill this week? Oh Lord, I guess in that scenario I would go with Brian Hill just because it's a better offense overall. The game environment looks better with the Falcons this week versus the Jets. I, I guess I'm hoping that Brian Hill falls in the end zone. I'm here to ask the tough questions, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't, I don't skirt around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Joshua Kelly running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. This running back core has had a tough time staying healthy so far in the season. We do have Austin Eckler, who has returned. He looks healthy. He looks fantastic. Now, Joshua Kelly might not be totally fantasy relevant on his own, um, but he does have an ankle injury listed week to week. Should we be trying to pick up some Kalen Balazs shares if he's available on waivers? It's sort of tough. The only reason you would do that, obviously, is if you're looking to basically get Austin Eckler's backup on your roster if you have Austin Eckler. That's pretty much the only reason. Now, Kalen Balazs also missed uh, two weeks ago with an ankle injury. Returned last week. Didn't do much, obviously. Um, but I, I do think, you know, if you're if it's deep league, maybe it's a 16-team league, heck, even a 20-team league, which I've played in the past and it's miserable, and you need a backup to kind of just put on your bench in case something happens to Eckler, then sure, you know, Kalen Balazs would probably be the guy. But as of right now, the sense that I get with this ankle injury is that it's not super serious for Joshua Kelly. So I definitely wouldn't be spending fab to get uh, Kalen Balazs. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, Should we dive in? Is there anything else you want to talk about from week 13 before we dive into the fantasy football injury list? I don't think so. It was a pretty light week for injuries week 13, but we definitely have a lot to get to here for the playoffs. All right, let's jump into it. 
Uh, who's uh, who do you want to talk about first? We've got a, a long enough list here that I'm going to give uh, dealer's choice here. All right, let's talk about the quarterback position. Let's start with Drew Brees, who Ooh. is eligible this week to come off of the injured reserve. If you guys recall, he went on the injured reserve because of all those rib fractures, 11 in total, and a partially collapsed lung. Now, by all accounts, he is progressing as expected. However, in the past two seasons, without Drew Brees under center, the Saints are 8-0 with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. They are taking on the probably like the worst team in the NFL, and I can say that with full confidence. Maybe maybe second worst, aside from the Jets. <laughs> the Eagles, my team is awful. And, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're Sean Payton and you're looking at this matchup, do you need Drew Brees to win? Definitely not. So I'm not saying he's not playing this week. I just think we're not going to hear until maybe Sunday morning, to be honest with you guys, because that's how Sean Payton rolls. We saw that with Taysom Hill and Jason uh, Jameis Winston two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, where he was kind of being coy and not telling us who's starting. So I'm not expecting to get full word on Drew Brees until late in the week, but I think for sure by week 15, he is back. So Alvin Kamara managers rejoice. All right. How about Daniel Jones with a hamstring injury? We know these soft tissue injuries are always major red flags. Uh, given the situation, even if he's active, uh, how are you feeling about Daniel Jones in the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, not great. We talked about it a little bit last week after the injury happened where, you know, for Daniel Jones, like his fantasy value primarily comes from rushing the football. Can he make a big throw here and there? Sure. But, you know, we're relying on him to, to rip off a 50-yard run and maybe find the end zone on the ground. So Or trek ahead happen? of it. Or, or trip at the 10-yard line, exactly. Um, <laughs> is that going to happen this season? Again, for Daniel Jones, I highly doubt it, based off of the way he injured the hamstring, based off the severity, those kind of things. So more of a pocket passer if he plays. I don't think we see him this week. I think we get one more week of Colt McCoy. But I do think he's back under center uh, in Week 15. All right, I love it. How about uh, one of our top-end quarterbacks here, uh, Kyler Murray, who has a shoulder injury. It is his throwing shoulder uh, we've seen, uh, you know, some maybe maybe sloppier football. Had zero touchdowns, one interception last week. Um, hasn't been quite the, uh, you know, fire pit that he had been uh, earlier on in the season. He's been rushing a little less. Do we think this is because of the shoulder injury? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, the other part of it, too, is he combined the two factors. So one is the shoulder for sure, and he's been dealing with that mild AC joint injury. But I do think... Entering this week is kind of the first week we'll see Kyler Murray back to himself as far as, as far as throwing the football. Now, are they going to scheme him up to, to do that successfully and let him run? I'm not sure. But I, I was kind of reading a report from some of the beat reporters recently about opposing off, uh, defenses, excuse me, keying in on Kyler and kind of using a spy to, to basically not let him run the football. So I'm not sure if that's going to play out again or what that'll look like. But I think as far as his health is concerned, this week, Kyler Murray is probably going to be the healthiest he's been in the last three to four weeks. Love that. Prior to this uh, last three-game stretch where he's had five rushing attempts per game, he had had four straight games of 10-plus attempts, which is oh so delicious for fantasy football, hopefully. Um, not not saying that I hope injury is a factor here, but I'm hoping as we see him uh, healthy a little bit more, we might see him might see him more comfortable taking off on on some of those runs. Um, let's pivot to the uh, running back position. Why not? Let's start at the tippy top. Christian McCaffrey uh, hasn't necessarily say, uh, said if he's going to play 
Week 13, it sounds like he's been trending in the right direction. Or sorry, week 14, uh, it sounds like he's been trending in the right direction there. What are your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey? If he's active this week, do you trust him? I do, 100%. I think this is the week that we see Christian McCaffrey unleashed back to you know his full workload. And this is kind of always in my idea, like the plan for this team was to get through the bye week without CMC and then have him ready kind of for the the stretch run here. I do think we see him in a full capacity, 20-plus touches again this week with minimal concerns for me as far as his health. And I will warn people out there, you're probably going to see a report from one of the big names in the industry as far as breaking news. Is this a subtweet? It might be a subtweet. Talking (laughs) about Christian McCaffrey, splitting workloads, all that sort of stuff. Ignore it. I think Christian McCaffrey is fine. I think he comes out and gets his usual workload and smashes this week. Well, we certainly like to hear that as fantasy managers. How about another stud? Josh Jacobs had the ankle injury, was ruled out of week four, uh, week 13. Goodness, I can't keep my week straight today. Uh, we saw Devontae Booker get some of the work there. Wasn't wasn't uh, necessarily at Josh Jacobs' level of potential there. But um, what do we expect? We heard relatively positive news uh, right after he suffered the injury in terms of the testing that came back. Uh, regarding the severity of the injury, do we see him back in week 14? This one's tough. I think right now I lean 50-50. Like, it's really, really hard to say because there was also reports, like, the day after the injury that we saw some pictures on social media of Josh Jacobs in a walking boot. Three straight DNPs in practice, of course, didn't play last week. So now we're just, uh, you know, a week and a half, I guess, by the time this comes out from his date of injury, if this is truly a high ankle sprain, which it looked like it was on tape, I mean, we know what this is, right? These injuries are so tricky for these skill position guys to get back from. And to play at 100% just two weeks after that type of injury, I think is a little bit unrealistic. So I'm not saying he won't play. I just think if he is active, like we should definitely be tempering expectations for Josh Jacobs. So if you have Devontae Booker, if someone else in your league drops him thinking Josh Jacobs is back, scoop him up and add him because I'm not sure we see Josh Jacobs yet this week. I think that is probably fair. Uh, if he is active and he gets in, you know, maybe a, a limited practice session Friday, would you trust him in your lineup? It's so hard to because we know how tricky these injuries can be from getting back to full strength on a short timeline. But, you know, it's fantasy playoffs. Like, it, what's your other option? You know, are you going to have <laughs> another top 15-ish type of back to work with? Probably not. So, you might have to roll with him. It's just really tricky because he's playing the Colts, too. They're heavy underdogs in this matchup, and we know that Josh Jacobs, historically, as far as his fantasy production when healthy, only comes in games where the Raiders are winning. Like, you look at his splits, and it's crazy. So I'll have him ranked probably when the rankings come out on the website, like RB21, 2, 3, somewhere in there, just kind of off the top of my head. So that probably gives you a range of outcomes of where, if you have someone, maybe I'm, I'm trying to think of a name off the top of my head. Like, if you have a J.D. McKissick this week, would you play him over Josh Jacobs? I think that's probably where it's at. I, if I'm in a full PPR, I think I would, actually. Um, Sounds super gross, but I do think that in that at least particular scoring format, I think the ceiling is going to be much higher for um, J.D. McKissick. Even though the points are going to be uh, less pretty, I just think that the Raiders feel too comfortable with their other options on the field at this point. Um, they're they just they're not a, a team that's desperate enough to feed Josh Jacobs that I, I trust they'll they'll force him to to carry the ball more than he's really capable at this point. Um, I think that's fair. 
how about Alexander Madison? Did I hear Mr. Alexander Madison had um, an appendectomy? He did. Goodness that gracious. Kind of- that broke out of nowhere on Saturday, I think it was. We've had and two appendectomies this season. How uncommon is that? Yeah, he and Austin Hooper. Um, and so, you know, for this week specifically, Alexander Madison, very, very unlikely to play. There was talks of this team wanting to kind of lessen the workload for Dalvin Cook down the stretch. You know, minor ankle tweak last week. They talked about how they know he's banged up. They know they need him down the stretch. They have to keep him healthy, all these things. And then all of a sudden, it's like Alexander Madison is out and... Dalvin Cook goes for his normal, like, 30 touches. So the chances of them slowing down Dalvin Cook are zero at this point. They're not going to give the ball to Mike Boone or, I mean, I'm CJ Ham. CJ Ham, exactly. <laughs> I saw you. Did you put a dollar on that, by the way? I did. I won $12 <laughs> on the uh, CJ Ham Minnesota uh, Vikings parlay. That's I amazing. I can officially <laughs> retire. I don't know what what possessed me, but also $1, Kate, like I could have been a millionaire from my, my CJ ham bet. And I just, I didn't go all out, but (laughs) Hey, if Alexander Madison continues to be out, maybe, maybe that's another prop bet we should consider for, for week 14. Who knows? Um, Check the article on the website. Maybe I'll put that one in there. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love that. Yeah, everybody, ballblastfootball.com. We do uh, prop bet articles, DFS. We've got the whole shebang. So even if you are out of contention uh, in your fantasy football leagues for your playoff run, you could still play along with us. DFS, uh, sports betting, player props, we've got it all. Let's move on. We've got one more injury, uh, DeAndre Swift. I want to hear about DeAndre Swift because, uh, weirdly enough, so he had been out with a concussion uh, then last week, got in a limited practice. We got word that he cleared the concussion protocol. And then Shebang, listed with an illness, out on Sunday. What is going on? I wish I had an answer. I really don't know. As far as his status, everyone that I've talked to or that's been asking me questions about DeAndre Swift has been wanting to know about the concussion. Like, is he good? Is he not good? We had this report from Adrian Peterson or not a report from him, but a report about <laughs> talking about, yeah, he's now the, the beat reporter for the Lions, um, <laughs> talking about how DeAndre Swift didn't really look like himself throughout the week. Um, and that can happen with these, you know, head injuries. It's scary because truly a concussion is a brain injury. That's, that's literally what it is. So, you know, it can affect your mood, the way you act, that kind of thing. So there's some of that stuff maybe kind of going on in the background, but for, as far as a, is he safe to play standpoint? He has been cleared from the protocol, so that's not what's limiting him right now as far as getting on the field. It's all about the illness that he's been having, and by all accounts, it's non-COVID related, so I do think we see him back this week. We'll just have to kind of see what happens throughout the week in practice, but as of now, as of Tuesday afternoon, I do think we see him uh, this week in week 14. And how uh, nervous would you be? Uh, So we did actually have um, our our friend Clyde Edwards-Alaire active this week he had been listed with an injury um and then we you know had heard uh encouraging things we you know Andy Reid said yeah I think he's going to be good to go he was active boom he is the emergency uh break glass in case of emergency option for the Chiefs he comes out uh, I believe he had zero carries is that right yep didn't play yikes I'm I'm can I I feel like fantasy managers are going to be very, uh, very nervous after all of that. So do you have any words of encouragement that we don't, we're not going to get burned again? Probably not. And the other thing <laughs> with this is that it's been, I can't say with 100% accuracy, of course, <laughs> but probably not. And the only reason I say that is because 
This uh, happened that we first got knowledge of it on Thursday last week. We are now almost a week out from that. And with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it basically broke on like Wednesday that things were not trending in the right direction. And then he had two straight DNPs on Thursday and Friday. So we probably should have seen it coming, where for CEH, he had less than a week before game time. And, you know, for DeAndre Swift, it's, it's obviously a week plus. So I think we have more time on our side, obviously more time to get treatment, that sort of thing. So I think for Swift, if they say he's going to play, I have less concerns about that scenario playing out, obviously, than, than last week with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. All right. Absolutely love that. Uh, before we get into the big name wide receivers, I want to take a moment to talk about my front page story. The most unique gift you will give anybody you love this season, especially during a global pandemic where we cannot be as close to our loved ones as we would like. Uh, my front page story, you get a chance to talk to a professional writer about a loved one for 10 or 15 minutes from myfrontpagestory.com. They will write a literal, it's like the front page of a newspaper. Uh, they'll write the most incredible story for them. Uh, you get to, to you know talk about your own memories, give them a lifetime keepsake that they can frame and or it comes frame they could put it up in their house immediately and guess what the tears bets the tears oh, are so many are, tears of happiness. oh yes the tears are what what really gets you um it, they're happy tears they're they're exciting tears everybody loves uh to tell you know the people that are in their lives just what they mean to them and it's never been more important than it is now uh give them some some nice quotes to your my front page story writer to uh, slip in that story, and you're going to give your mom or whoever you care about this season a beautiful gift. Not only that, but we have a special code for our listeners. We will give you 20% off whatever you buy, whatever story you get, uh, using promo code BLAST20. Again, that's myfrontpagestory.com. Promo code BLAST20. You get 20% off of all the happy tears your uh, your parents or whoever will be crying, uh, and you're going to have the most unique gift uh, out of anybody in your family. They're going to love it. Myfrontpagestory.com, promo code BLAST20. Love it. All right, Bats, the most important injury of all, of course. ASAP Mo wants to know, what do we do with Julio Jones? Yeah, Julio Jones, you know, we've kind of been talking about him off and on this season, and it's the same story as it has been with the hamstring issue plaguing Julio, not being himself out there. Now, last week, you know, the stat line, when you look at it in the box score, it doesn't look bad. Over 90 receiving yards, 10 targets, I think it was. Like, he was involved for sure. And we talked about how Julio Jones is a gamer, how he always tries to push through these injuries. But there was a time in the game where he kind of left, and he did come back in, but it didn't really look like himself. So... This, to me, is, is basically a ticking time bomb, so to speak, where at some point, and you don't know when it's going to be, it could be the first quarter, the first play, it could be the last play of the game, it could be week 17 where it doesn't matter for us in fantasy, but Julio Jones needs the offseason to get healthy. Like Him trying to push through this right now is giving me some pause, some concern. It's tricky because he's Julio Jones. If this was like your wide receiver three on a roster, I'd be like, don't stress about it, Like just don't play him. But he's Julio Jones, and he has these, this capability of putting up big weeks. But to me, for rest of season, I'm looking at Julio Jones as more of a, a back-end wide receiver two type of play based off the injury risk rather than a locked and loaded top five option that he's been for his entire career. I think that's the, the best way to play it, and you can sort of make your roster decisions based on that uh, maybe you know expectation that he's going to have 
less production than would normally be ideal. Uh, that way you can, you know, maybe in your flex go for some higher upside plays, uh, shoot for the moon kind of uh, roster decisions, uh, you know, just to, to even the kilter there a little bit. How about DJ Moore, uh, somebody I haven't heard many updates about uh, since suffering this. It, it was labeled a non-contact ankle injury. Uh, obviously did not end up tearing his Achilles, but what what happened um, and what's the latest news for DJ Moore? Is he going to return for week 14 following this bye? Yeah, for DJ Moore, it did kind of seem scary at the time of injury, but by all accounts, it looked like an inversion ankle sprain, which basically is like your, your basketball type of injury. If you see these guys go up for a rebound, they come and they land on someone's foot and kind of roll their ankle inward. We've probably all done this. That's kind of what's going on. Same thing happened last week with A.J. Brown. He got it taped up, came right back in. He was effective. So I do think that that is the the outcome, basically, for D.J. Moore this week. I do think we could see him play as far as his ankle injury is concerned. However, as of now, as of Tuesday afternoon, he is still on the COVID IR list. Um, ah. we, don't, we don't know if that is him testing positive or if that is him being close contact. Also worth mentioning, Curtis Samuel also on the list. Again, we're not sure if he's positive or close contact or whatever, but... As of now, that's probably what's going to limit DJ Moore, if anything, not the ankle. Whew, all right. That is good to know. That is so helpful. Um, but, you know, everybody, uh, what that's what is the the threshold for the COVID IR? Is it typically, it's 10 days, right? 10 days usually, yeah. It depends on if they're considered a close contact or positive, And it also depends on if they're symptomatic. So there's a lot of specifics. But if he is considered a close contact, he could test negative throughout the week and then potentially play this week. That is so helpful to know. Everybody, if you have any questions for bets about uh, some players through your fantasy football playoffs, any injuries that that you're just not sure about, uh, definitely, definitely reach out. One more before we go. I want to talk about George Kittle. Do we have a chance to see him in our fantasy football playoffs? We absolutely do. And I think we do see him. Now, it depends a little bit on a couple of things. If the Niners happen to lose this week, it looks less likely that we will see George Kittle because with each loss, their chance of making the playoffs, of course, goes down. Now, as of now, entering week 14, they are still mathematically in the hunt for an outside chance at a wild card spot. That is wild. But they have a chance, and I think he's getting close. I don't think we see him this week in week 14, but I do think he has a chance to get back in week 15, and if not then, then definitely by week 16 if they're still in the hunt. And those last two games that they have, the Niners, are divisional matchups. I think it's with the Rams and the Cardinals off the top of my head. But regardless, they're important games. And so if they have a chance to win, to get in the playoffs, George Kittle will be out there. These cuboid fractures heal very well, pretty reliably. So I do think we see George Kittle relatively soon. It's worth noting, George Kittle's not out there in a ton of leagues as far as waivers, but he's out there in 26% of Yahoo leagues. So there is a small chance that someone in your league dropped him I would be checking, and I definitely would be adding him this week. Sounds fantastic. Anything else we should note before we uh, check out? No, I think we covered it all. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as I said, follow Bets on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. You can follow me, Kate, at FF Ball Blast. Follow all of our awesome content over at BallBlastFootball.com to help you win your fantasy football playoffs and. Don't forget to surprise your loved ones with myfrontpagestory.com. Promo code BLAST20 for 20% off the best gift you will ever get. See you next week. <laughs>